Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and welcome to the 5 a.m. Miracle, episode number 462, Self-Sabotage, Procrastination, and What It Takes to Defeat Both. Good morning, this is the 5 a.m. Miracle, and I am Jeff Sanders, and this is the podcast dedicated to dominating your day before breakfast. My goal here on this show is to help you bounce out of bed with enthusiasm create powerful, lifelong habits, and tackle your grandest goals with extraordinary energy. In the episode this week, I'll discuss Stephen Pressfield's latest nonfiction book, how you can directly address your own attempts at self-sabotage, and how you can leverage procrastination to your own benefit. Let's get to it. Your dreams require sacrifice, at least on some level, but not the kind you may be imagining. You know, I've spoken at length on this show about Stephen Pressfield and his nonfiction books that I love, and his latest has joined the ranks of my favorites for one simple reason. I need to hear this message on repeat until the end of time. Let's just say it again and again and again. I need his message, Stephen Pressfield's mantra, in my brain on repeat every day. Now, what's his message and why does it matter so much? Ultimately, his message comes down to one simple phrase. Do your work. That's it. Just sit in the chair and do your work. There's a lot more to it than that, but that's the core. And so we're going to break down today his latest book and some of the core concepts that come from it and how those relate back to his other books that I love so much. I'm actually discussed here on this show before in a three-part series that I will link to in the show notes this week at jeffsanders.com slash 462. So now let's dig in. This is the topic of self-sabotage. Ultimately, that's what we're discussing this week, as well as procrastination and how you can really tackle these two major obstacles, potentially in your work and in your life to get to the next level of success you're probably striving for in your work, with your craft, with your personal goals. These things matter. Like we care about our goals. I open the show every week talking about your grand goals. Those things matter, right? These these ultimate dreams, these bucket list goals of ours, we want big things in life. If you love this show or listen to this podcast or podcast similar to this one, you're probably a high achiever or someone who is striving to become one. And with that lifestyle, with that decision to say, I want big things and I'm going to do what it takes to get there, well, there's a lot more to it than just simply saying, here's the goal, let's begin. In the most simplistic form, that's what it is. But that's what Stephen Pressfield, where his work really comes in, because it hits us right there at this moment in time where we say, wait a minute, I have a dream. I have a goal. I'm striving for something, but for some reason, I'm not doing the work. I'm not getting the results I expect. There are obstacles in my way, whether they're internal or external or both. We find ourselves struggling even to begin to make progress, to see these things through. And so we need some sort of guidance, some boundaries, some mantras. We need some help. I know I do. Like This is my case every single day is I set out to do big things, but I get distracted. I have lots of ideas or goals or things pop up I didn't see coming. Life happens, right? So the question becomes, how can we break through this noise and really achieve something of significance? Well, let's go through a few ideas that I have, not only from Stephen's book, but also 
the thoughts that I have around how you can progress with your own personal growth and your own grand goals. Now, Stephen Pressfield's previous nonfiction books that I broke down on this show include The War of Art, Turning Pro, and Do the Work. Those three books I view as essential required reading for anyone who cares about personal growth. These books will change your life. Now, Stephen's perspective, let's say, or his philosophy tends to go through the lens of an artist, a creative, someone who is an entrepreneur, someone who is a writer, someone who is a creator of some kind. You are making something in the world. You're a doer, yes, but you're also someone who uses your creative brain to make something new. And so his books really tackle the world through that lens. Now, you may not view yourself as an artist or a creative, but I would argue, number one, you are. And number two, even if you don't think you are, these lessons apply to everyone in very profound ways. So first of all, go back and and read his books, The War of Art, Turning Pro, and Do the Work, and then get to his latest. Now, his latest book has a bit of a, a naughty word in the title. Um, this show is listed as clean, just so you know, uh, but I'll go ahead and say the title of Stephen's latest book is called Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be. That's what this book is about. It's about putting your butt in the chair to do the work you actually care about. That's what this message is. And he goes through some very direct messaging around what that means and then how to overcome certain obstacles we all face and how to get to this next level of success and professionalism that so many high achievers get to while everyone else watches them on the sidelines and wonders, could that be me? Could I get there? Could I become this kind of person who is achieving these grand goals that others seem to do, and yet somehow they have eluded me? Now, in his book, he does break down, at least initially, what it means to sit down in your chair and work. Uh, From that perspective of put your butt in the chair, he means physically, actually be where you need to be for your goals to take place. Uh, Let's use the example of what I'm doing right now, which is podcasting. For me to podcast or record voiceover spots or to make my new products for my business, I have to literally come to my studio where I am now, turn on the microphone and start talking. And that may sound super obvious. Last week, I discussed a similar concept of trying to get to success and doing really obvious things. The thing about success, the thing about achievements and goals is the fundamentals are everything. Talk to any coach in sports, in business, it doesn't matter. The fundamentals are the thing. And whenever you're confused, whenever you're lost, whenever you're stressed, whenever things are just terrible, what do you do? You go back to the fundamentals, back to the easy stuff that always works. And so if you want to do something big, the first goal is put yourself where you need to be to make these things possible. If you need to be in a studio, then be there. If you're going to be a writer, you sit in your chair and you start typing. If you're an athlete, you go to the gym, you go to the park, you run, you lift, you do your sport, you do your thing. Physically speaking, we have to be in the space to do the thing. So point number one, physically be there. Point number two, when it comes to this concept of being where your heart needs to be, is to do so mentally, to think about what needs to be done. Now, I've discussed before in this podcast, and I'll probably go into this deeper again later on, that you become what you think about. That mantra, you become what you think about, 
is the driving force of everything. So mentally speaking, cognitively speaking, when we think about the things that we want, literally think about them, brainstorm ideas for them, map out plans for them, we tend to move in that direction to go get those things. If we're not thinking about how to achieve a goal, instead we're thinking about excuses of why we can't do it or people that are in our way or we're complaining or we're whining or we're just making excuses, being lazy, being distracted, right? Those list of things that people do when they're avoiding a goal, well, then you're not going to achieve the goal. But counter to that, when you think about these things, when you're physically present for these things, these things happen. Like this is not like cognitively that difficult to comprehend. We know these things. They're easy to get logically. But why don't we emotionally get ourselves there? Like this is kind of the the human uh, challenge when it comes to these things. We know we should be doing lots of things, but we don't. So mentally, when you think about what needs to be done because you become what you think about, well, then you're going to think more about success more often. Think more about your next steps, your next actions more often. That's what this is. Physically be there, mentally be there. His next point is one that I actually personally have struggled with more than other areas, which is networking, to be around others who are pursuing your craft. Um, I did an okay job in this arena, but I would say that for myself personally, this is an area that I want to improve in. Networking is such a required component to reaching higher levels of success. Many people argue that networking is the thing, that who you know is how you get to where you want to be. And Steve makes that point very clearly as well, which is that for him, as a writer, as a screenwriter, as an author, his space to be in, physically speaking, is Los Angeles. So he moved himself there. Um, He's also lived in other cities as well, like New York. But his point in the book is that when you want to achieve some specific end result, Some uh, industries or careers have a specific city in the world where the best people tend to congregate. And if you're in an industry where that is true, then physically moving there or at least visiting there regularly allows you to network, to meet the people, to be connected. Of course, the virtual world exists. You're listening to a virtual uh, connection right now with the podcast, and, and those are great. And you can work from home like I have for many years. But his point is that physically being present around the people who are actively doing the same work you want to be doing, that creates a chemistry and a level of success you're honestly just not going to get on your own. And this is why that I say that I struggle with this area a lot because I tend to have this very independent mentality, this high achiever pursuit of if I want something, I'll go get it. But the key there is I. It's it's lacking the we. And that's where I think ultimate success comes from long-term. Uh, this is an old mantra that you can move quickly if you move alone, but you can go far if you go so or do so together, right? You're really striving for that community aspect of success. So networking is a core aspect of what this means. And if physically going to the place is going to help you, then strongly consider the idea that you're going to literally move and be there and be around those people. The next area is commitment. And this is one that I think that I have done a really good job with in the past, but due to distractions in my new season of life as a a dad with two young kids, 
commitment has become more difficult. Uh, I want things, but the question is, will I actually do all the work required uh, to get around the challenges I now have to make those things happen? When you want to pursue a, a new calling in your life, when you are pivoting, changing directions, doubling down on something that you want, there is an internal commitment that is so crucial. This internal drive that says, I've already made the decision. I'm already in full haul. This is happening for sure. It's just a matter of time before this takes place. And if you're there, you already know it. You don't need to hear this from me, right? You're already committed. You're already in full haul. But if there's something that you are toying with, you're considering, it's an idea, uh, you're not yet really settled on it yet. This is going to require some uh, deep soul searching to really figure out your why. Like, what is this thing about? What drives you towards it? And this goes back to a Greg McEwen uh, quote, which is that if it's not a clear yes, it's a clear no. Uh, His book, Essentialism, breaks down quite a bit of these really great one-liners that I tend to stick to quite a bit. And I I think that that holds true for big goals, especially those ones that are going to take up a lot of your time, which is that if you are having to struggle to figure out what your why is, if you're struggling to ask the question, am I really into this or not? Well, then you're not. Because when you are, you absolutely are and you know it and that's it. And I have experienced this firsthand in a number of ways from business pursuits, personal health goals, family pursuits, that when I'm into something, I know it. You know it. That, that's We know when we, when we care about something. And trying to figure out why is not even a question because we already know. So if you're struggling between two uh, areas of life, two directions to go from, well, then just do it. Do the thing you already know is the answer and that level of commitment will be guaranteed at the outset. Another area he digs into quite a bit that I love is being prolific, which means just doing a lot of the thing you want to do. Uh, There's an example in the book that he gives that I think is rather extreme, but also one that speaks to the level of not just commitments, but also doing what it takes to get what you want. There's a story in the book he talks about of a guy who was working a job he did not like. And what he wanted was to be a concert pianist. He wanted to play piano at the best music halls in the world. He wanted to be in the the best symphonies. He wanted to really be the best musician he possibly could. But he had a day job he hated. And so he quit his job. He went full haul into his new direction. And he played piano for six to eight hours a day a grueling lifestyle where he was putting himself through some very difficult challenges and he was had many consequences because of his choices. And I'm not going to say this is the best path to go from, but it is one that allowed him to be prolific. It allowed him to practice and practice and practice and get better and better and better, more connected, more skills, more opportunities. That's where this comes from, that once you've doubled down on something and said, I am committed, I am in, I'm physically there, mentally there, I have a network of people that are around me now, well, then you just do your work and you do a lot of it. You do what it takes to say, I'm going to get not just good, not just great, but I'm going to be the best at this. And to be the best requires repetition. And that's where being prolific really shines.
what if in 2024 you got a little bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with my sponsor, Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a full year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold. Plus, all of Babbel's 14 award-winning language courses are backed by their 20-day money-back guarantee. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. The next area that I think really spoke out to me personally was this arena of taking risks which kind of doubles down on that idea of this guy's story who became this concert pianist, which is that he took a lot of risks and he experienced some very direct sacrifice because of his choice. And there is a, I guess, a lie in the sand that divides people who are willing to do what it takes and those who just aren't. And I'm not going to argue that either one is good or bad because it really depends on a lot of factors. Some factors may include your family life, whether your dream will conflict with your spouse or your kids or other factors going on. So it's hard to say that everyone should just burn all their boats and go pursue something you know, without any reservation and just that's it. One dream, here we go. Because we're not all wired that way. And a lot of risks, well, they're risky and the downsides are very clear. So my perspective on, on risk tends to be one of a more calculated approach which is that you analyze what is this dream that you're, you're after and is there a softer first approach to kind of test the waters to see what it takes. And if through a little bit of experimentation and trial and error, you come to the realization that actually, wait, I can pursue this dream in a more side hustle perspective and then later on go full time with this dream. Well, that's great. Or you might come to the conclusion that taking the big risk is the thing and you're willing to do it. And so you jump in. Or you decide, you know what, I'm actually not willing to, but I'll find another way. Creativity plays a huge role in risk assessment because you don't always have to just jump in the deep end, right? There are a lot of people who are highly successful because they took a ginormous risk, but that doesn't have to be the model that you follow to achieve something similar. There are a lot of ways to be, quote unquote, successful, a lot of ways to live your dream, in quotes again, right? lots of ways for you to go do amazing things. 
So don't think you have to literally you know, burn the boats, sell your house, quit your job, get divorced and go move to the middle of nowhere to pursue some crazy dream. Like we don't have to literally destroy our lives in the attempt to remake ourselves. Some people do that. And sometimes that works. But I tend to be the kind of person who says, yeah, but there's probably another way. So step one, be creative here to figure out what else could you do and then make the choice down the road whether or not burning the boats is your path. The final area of the book that I thought really spoke to me was about quitting. I think that from Stephen's perspective, he has this level of commitment and drive that means he's willing to go through hell to achieve his result. He is willing to put himself through some of the most difficult scenarios imaginable. So from his perspective, quitting, it's not even on the table. It is absolutely not an option. And what I have found for my own goals, my own successes, is that when you're committed to something, like you use a marathon as a good example, writing a book is a good example, launching a business, now something that requires some time and some real persistence is that once you have put in quite a bit of effort, you no longer consider quitting as an option. You get to a point where you're so into it that the only questions you're asking yourself is how do I go to the next step? That the idea of giving up is just gone from your mind. And this is, it, it takes some success under your belt to get to that point where you are okay with the idea that quitting is not an option. And if you are considering quitting a lot, that's on your mind all the time. If the thing you're going through is just terrorizing you, well, it goes back to that quote, if it's not a clear yes, it's a clear no. And if you can't clearly see the path forward and it's been just tearing you to pieces, then maybe you're just pursuing the wrong thing. And it's not about quitting, it's about pivoting. It's not about saying I'm a failure. It's about saying this path is the wrong one. Let's go find one that's better which is, a, a, it's a yes, it is a semantical change, right? Semantical? Let's make that word up. <laughs> These are semantics to a certain degree where you're saying, well, I'm going to change the language here and that'll change the result. What we're really talking about is making the right choice for you to put you on the path that leads you to where you want to go and to say that along that journey, it's not going to be a straight line. Yes, I just discussed the idea of success it could be the most direct path possible is a straight line. Just last week in the episode, that was the point. Well, so we wanted to get ourselves as quickly as possible from A to B. But success is never that easy. It's never that straightforward. And so along the way, you're just analyzing, where can I pivot to next? What's the next creative choice that I can make to continue this pursuit of what I'm after? And that does require a little bit of flexibility, a little bit of pivoting, a little bit of change. But once you're in that zone of making that happen, you get into a groove of doing what it takes at every fork in the road. And then it gets fun because you get good at this. And this is kind of a, a side point here. But this process of pursuing a goal, there's a skill in that as well. Goal achievement by itself is something you can improve and, and get better on over time. The more that you pursue new and challenging things, the better you get at taking on new and challenging things. So this whole process is something that over time you will get so good at, you'll be able to take a new goal, a new objective, a new dream, and make it happen faster and with less difficulty and more success 
faster than you can possibly imagine because you are getting the skills you need and the network you need and you've done the pieces, you've done the homework and you're relying all of this on the fundamentals to move you forward. It's an incredible thing. But now let's shift gears just a bit to the topic that I I led with with this podcast, which is self-sabotage. For most people, high achievers who are pursuing success and big goals, fear is a major factor. Fear will guide you to procrastinate, to quit, to distract yourself, to take detours, or just convince yourself that you can get to this thing later, right? We find excuses, we rationalize our way out of our own dreams. And what I have seen for myself is I tend to remain kind of shallow. So I'll avoid the deep or difficult challenges that would actually allow me to see what's possible down the road. And then, of course, along these lines, we also tend to get to the point where we believe our dreams are for someone else. We just kind of say, well, this is not for me. Someone else might succeed here, but I'm not going to. And so we kind of just give up. And in this whole process, fear, procrastination, excuses, they all really just revolve around this concept of self-sabotage. We are actively or maybe subconsciously trying to kill our own dream in the pursuit of achieving the thing we say we want. What you may find it to be a paradox. Why why would I kill my own dream? It's my dream. It's the thing I said I wanted. Yeah. And yet we tend to find ways to not do the thing we said we wanted to do. And that all of that is fear. All of that is a sabotaging technique to figure out a way to say, I'm off the hook. It's a responsibility thing, right? We tend to push that responsibility onto someone else, something else, some outside factor. We're looking for blame. And when that kicks in, when that becomes the norm, well, then you have sabotaged your own goal, and the goal now is dead. The dream is over because you figured out how to kill it and point the finger at someone else. And truly successful, high-achieving people, they experience these same emotions. They're not immune to these same feelings. They just simply say, I'm going to acknowledge it and let it go. I acknowledge the fear and then I move forward anyway. I see the distraction and then I figure out a way to get around it, get under it, move through it, right? Because that commitment to the dream, that, that desire to say this will happen, well, that's what overcomes the self-sabotaging techniques of those, whether it's conscious or unconscious, We are, in some cases, actively pursuing failure when we don't intend to. And so the real path to this, the real forward movement here, is to acknowledge when this is taking place, to be aware of it, to actually accept the reality that you might be doing these things too, which is always the first step. Self-awareness is such an important first acknowledgement of reality. And it's only from that place we can move forward in, in a real way. Right. If you lie to yourself about where you are, if you use a scale that's intentionally saying that you weigh less than you do, right? Like those kinds of things we might try and do. Well, lying to yourself is not going to tell you where you actually are. And it's not going to then allow you to make the next logical step to actually make progress. So to avoid self-sabotage, oftentimes the best solution is to get to that real point, acknowledge reality of where you are. Own the problems. Take responsibility for them full on. This is, you're going to own this now. I I end episodes every week saying you have the power to change your life. Well, you having the power means you also have 
the responsibility. They come hand in hand. So when you have that, when you own that, well, then self-sabotage is no longer a thing because you're going to find the way through this. It's your problem now. It's your goal now. It's your challenge now, but it's also your opportunity now. And that's where this gets exciting because we're going to think about and focus on the solutions, the forward steps, and then things like self-sabotage just fade away. Fast forward to the end of 2024 and think about your goals. What can you do right now to give yourself the best chance of succeeding? If you want to learn a new language, you absolutely should check out my sponsor, Babbel. Finally achieve your new language goal in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Babbel has over 16 million subscriptions sold, and studies from Yale, Michigan State University, and others continue to prove Babbel is better. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Babbel's convenient courses have helped me to learn real-life conversation skills in German, including ordering food and asking for directions, without having to rely on language apps while traveling. Now, here's a special limited-time deal for my listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but only for my listeners at babbel.com slash 5am. Get 55% off at babbel.com slash 5am, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash 5am. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now, to pair with that, the close friend of self-sabotage is procrastination. And from my perspective and my experience, I've seen two basic paths here. The first is that we just simply do traditional procrastination where we put off our dreams until later, which oftentimes could mean never. We just delay, 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 postpone, 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 reschedule, reschedule, reschedule to some other future date. Obviously, if you're in that trap of procrastination, something has to shift, right? Something has to change. Either this goal is already dead and we just simply let it go, or we double down and commit to it and actually do it. Now, one way to help with that is the second aspect of procrastination, which is to schedule your dream up against a deadline that you can't avoid. And the whole point of this is to force you into action. Now, I've used this example before in this show where I've I've talked about how, let's say you're going to run a 26.2 mile marathon, traditional marathon distance, but you're having a hard time training, having a hard time doing it. Well, one strategy that you could use that I've never actually tried, but is definitely on the table is you have someone drive you a few miles from home and they drop you off and say, good luck. I'll see you at home. And you have to run back right? Whether it's three miles or 30 miles, whatever the case may be, when you put yourself in that position to say, I am forced into action. I have been thrown into the deep end. I am actively in the middle of this thing and there is no walking away now. There's no avoidance now. I'm in it. Now, the example I just listed here with you schedule your dream up against a deadline you can't avoid. Well, we tend to do this with lots of things anyway. Most people, most of the time, tend to do most things at the last minute, right? If if something's due at noon today, you might do it at 1130, right? A half hour to spare and ooh, there it is, it's done. But what happened was that because of the urgency of the deadline, it forced you to take action. 
Well, if that's what it takes to move forward on your dream, well, then schedule something up against a deadline to force you to move, even if that first step is super simple. Oftentimes, that's all it takes is a little bit of that, you know, that fire under our butt to say, okay, I'm going to go do this now. And then once that first move is made, well, all of a sudden you say, wait a minute, I just made some progress here. I can go make more. And you build this motivation. Uh, there's this 10-minute rule I've discussed before in this show. That I've applied to everything from exercise to working out a business project to anything that I've been avoiding, where with the 10-minute rule, I simply say I'm going to give myself 10 minutes of focused time to work on this next thing, right? Just 10 minutes at the, at the gym to lift a, a new big weight or 10 minutes to write this new chapter of my new book, 10 minutes. And what happens is that in that 10 minutes, you switch from excuse mode to action mode. Right? You're no longer avoiding, you're now in the process of making progress because we shift in that 10 minutes from I'm not doing this to I'm definitely doing this and I have more creative ideas on how to move this forward. I have momentum, I have energy, the hormones are going, like you are fired up and it literally only takes 10 minutes. So if you've been procrastinating, that's been an issue and you've been putting this dream off until later and later and later, schedule this thing well, that's the very first step you're going to take up against a deadline to force you into action because that's where success will happen. It's a guarantee because you gave yourself the boundaries to make sure it's a guarantee. So to wrap up this discussion, there is a section I have in my notes here I've called a better path forward. And what I'm referring to here is that there is a better way to achieve your goals, a better way to approach uh, whether it's mentally, philosophically, physically, a better way to approach the work you're doing and the craft that you are an expert in. And the first step is to get clear on that calling, that craft, that dream, that vision. Right? Clarity is everything. For me, clarity only comes by physically writing down what my heart is telling me. Right, Whether I with pen and paper or on the computer, I'm going to get these thoughts out of my head and I commit to it on paper or digital paper. When you do this, clarity will show up. You can use brainstorming. You can use uh, talking to other smart people. Whatever the case is, you have to get these thoughts out of your head, get clear on paper, and then begin the probably challenging process uh, to break down what you're not going to do so you can decide clearly what you are going to pursue. The second step involves clearing the path and removing the obstacles. Uh, this is a part that I love. So this is where I get really excited about productivity in general, which is canceling things. I freaking love to cancel meetings. I love to knock out some unfinished projects. I love to postpone things that I don't want to do because they're not important now, but I will get to them later at the last minute. And once again, there it is. Because my goal in all of this is to clear space on my calendar for my work for my craft, and I'm breaking down distractions. I'm knocking them out. This whole idea of clearing a path says I'm going to open up space. I have margin. I have room to breathe. So then when it's time to pursue the thing I'm after, I don't have the excuse of I'm too busy. I don't have the excuse to say there's a, a thing happening right now. Like, nope, there's nothing happening right now. The thing you said you're going to do is right in front of you. Here we are. Let's begin. The final aspect or final component here of a better path forward is the doing the work part. 
uh, the Stephen Pressfield mantra of sit your butt in the chair and go. We're going to do the work every day over and over again. We focus and focus again and then refocus and then fight resistance, which is another uh, Stephen Pressfield concept. The goal here is to work until the timer is up and then we move on and we repeat that process again tomorrow again and again and again, over and over, all with this mantra of I'm going to do the thing I said I was going to do. I do it for a couple of hours. I stop and I move on. And if that's all you do, it could be one hour a day. You're going to make so much more progress than by simply postponing that one hour indefinitely. Your better path forward is action-based. Your better path forward is clarity on your vision and then the execution of that dream. When all those pieces are in place, progress is inevitable. Success is all but guaranteed. And this whole process just comes through in a very fluid, very fun way. Honestly, this is a fun process. I love goal achievement in general because I love to see what happens when someone goes from confused, stressed out, overwhelmed to someone with clarity and vision. And they're moving forward because, man, they've got this thing. It's happening. Those boxes are being checked, not because I love productivity, but because they're actually making this thing come to life. And the dream, the creativity, the energy, it just flows. It's a beautiful thing. And now for the action step this week. I just talked about things being actionable. Well, here it is. Do your work. You can begin by buying and reading Stephen Pressfield's latest book, once again called Put Your Ass Where Your Heart Wants to Be. Awesome title, awesome book. Uh, you can also avoid doing anything if you want to procrastinate indefinitely, but that's not a good idea. Okay, jeffsanders.com slash 462 is the place to go for episode notes. And of course, subscribe to this podcast at jeffsanders.com slash subscribe. That's all I've got for you here on the 5 a.m. Miracle Podcast this week. Until next time. You have the power to change your life, and the fun begins bright and early. Hey, it's Jeff Sanders, and I'm here to tell you about Greg McEwen and his amazing show, The Greg McEwen Podcast, part of the Yap Media Network. Want to achieve more by doing less, all while avoiding burnout? You can design a life that really matters with Greg McEwen, author of New York Times bestsellers, Effortless and Essentialism. His mission is to help you advocate and negotiate your way to remarkable results. Every Tuesday, Greg discusses one key topic he finds interesting and valuable through the lens of the essentialist. Every Thursday, he invites thought leaders, entrepreneurs, celebrities, and people like you for inspired weekly conversations focused on learning how to do what matters first and do less but better. His content will stir your thoughts and spark inspiration and action. And his British accents, well, that's just the cherry on top. Subscribe to the Greg McEwen podcast today on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast platform.